I remember years ago, uh, one of my girlfriends married an abusive man. And I remember thinking, well, at least I won't have to share heaven with him. And on his deathbed, he accepted Christ, and I had to forgive him and say, oh, well, I guess I will. <laughs> but so we can't judge in that manner. I mean, yeah, I have. <laughs> but, but that's not what the Bible says. But we do need to be able to discern, you know, what, what yes, do they have good intentions? Are they reaching for the goals that I'm reaching for? Are they somebody who just wants to latch on and use me for something? And, you know, if, if we don't ever look around, we get swallowed up. So how about the listeners, how about you give us a taste of some things that you've written? I know right now you're working on a devotional series. So how about you share a little bit of that with us? This devotional is written from Exodus chapter 13, verses 14, 17 through 18, and 22. Do you ever find yourself asking God for a sign, anything from Him to help bolster your faith as you stare down a mountain of trouble? Does He give you one? If He does, how long will that sign truly sustain your belief that He will show up the next time? The Israelites had just witnessed God bring ten plagues on Egypt on their behalf. They were spared. Their animals and firstborn were not harmed in any way. God protected them with a mighty hand that everyone was witness to. Then he led them visibly with a cloud by day and a column of fire by night. He led them, and yet they feared. He led an army of 600,000 men, fully armed, and yet he took them the long way because God thought the people, upon seeing war, might change their minds and return to Egypt. Their faith was not secure enough to believe they were safe in his hands. They often thought it would be better to return to their place of slavery, where they knew what to expect, than to continue following blindly. They spent the better part of 40 years fearing the future while God visibly was reassuring them that he was there. It's easy for me to sit here and think how thick-necked they really must have been. If I had been one of them, I surely would have believed with my whole heart and never doubted again. Really, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I am just like them. It's happened to me more times than I care to think about. I look at a steep, rocky mountain and think, God, I see no way. He provides a way and makes it obvious that he did it. Then I turn to the side and see a small mound and wonder how I will ever get past it. Grace amnesiacs. That's what many of us are. We know, we've seen the proof, we truly believe, and yet, we forget. Set your mind to a continuous replay of the times he has rescued you. Eventually, you will see your obstacles as another opportunity for God's victory to shine through. Right, so we are here again with 
Linda Pask Fowler. Whoop whoop is our Hi, special Lisa. guest. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me again. Yeah, and again, so Linda is a writer. Um, she's been writing her whole life, but the Lord's been really faithful and and patient and gentle, and but also you know firm. You know, oh, yeah. with you in this writing process the last year and writing devotionals. And so if you if you're interested in checking out what she's been writing, she sends it out every morning. And you said usually by six AM or I try so. to get it on the web by six. Yeah. <laughs> and her website is lindapaskfowler.com. So it's Linda Pask P A S K Fowler F O W L E R dot com. And so that's hot off the press. So that's <laughs> that's so good. And so we're in in, a, in part two. Um, in this series that um, is, we're talking to Christian artists, writers, and musicians about their creative process. You know how 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 is the Lord, you know, infusing your creative process, or how is He the center of it, or what does that journey look like? Um, just to really affirm people in their creative process or to educate people on kind of the behind the scenes that I think right. is really interesting, and so. Um, specifically, we're talking about the the gateways to creativity. And um, to continue on from our, our last podcast episode, I, I, I was writing down some notes. Um, and one of the things um, when you were that brought to mind was vulnerability to share. I have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm super extroverted. And let's talk about anything, right? Let's do it. But when it comes to sharing you know, something that I've created, it's actually quite difficult. And it's a private, vulnerable thing, because that is where in that creative process where I'm defining my world or the themes, right. mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's becoming more clear. And that's also the process in, in where the Lord's reef, re, like refining me. Right. And so define and refine. And, yeah. and I was thinking about that late, probably like 3 a.m. a couple nights ago. <sighs> And and just reflecting on three a.m. a couple Lord... nights ago, three thirty a.m. Yeah, this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think our schedules right now are just flipped. You're yeah. getting up at three thirty, and there's some nights I'm going. I to got bed your at midnight message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know, and I'm a morning person, but a lot of times, literally, this is a season right now where I get to create a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to bed. Yeah, maybe I'm a bit manic, and I but I just I don't I just want to keep creating. Well, sometimes for the when Lord. the Lord is pouring into you, you you can't contain it. No, you just have to let it pour out. Yes, yeah, you're full. Yeah, and then there's other times, and I think this is the kind of season that I went through last winter mm. when I I was working and stuff. I think it was more of a time when the Lord was refilling me. I remember feeling like I'm really wow. falling down here. I'm not doing what I should be doing. I just mm -hmm. can't pull it together. And I just felt the sense that he says, no, you are doing what you need to do. You need to be refilled so you can pour out again. That's good. And, and I think if we don't take time to continue filling ourselves, then that's what happens. The well runs dry yeah. and, and you have to let him fill it back up. But once he does it, it just flows out on its own. You can't stop it. <laughs> yeah. My sister told me one time we were at the hospital. Somebody was, oh, her husband was having heart surgery and it was a long day. And she mm. told me that day, she says, boy, you love to talk about him, don't you? <laughs> and I, I said, I, I can't help it. I just can't stop it. So, yeah. you know, when you, he, he, he does overflow in every area. 
internally and externally. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm just, I'm writing notes on things you're saying and, you know, kind of going with an R theme here apparently, but I was talking about, you know, for me, the process of, you know, defining the world around me or themes or things that have happened, you're, you're reflecting mm-hmm. on that and, and defining that in mm-hmm. some kind of artistic um, medium, but the Lord's refining me. And then when you were speaking, you know, I, I could hear you say things like, you know, when I, when I wasn't on the right path or however you want to say it, he mm-hmm. reoriented you to true right. north and, and then he was replenishing you because yes. he is the source. And then we've been talking about the discipline of the creative process to reserve time mm-hmm. and to stay disciplined. And it really and is a discipline. I mean, there's times that alarm goes off and I say, oh, I just can't do it. <laughs> and sometimes I'll wait another hour before I get up. <laughs> but And then you're really it, on yeah. a time crunch, right? <laughs> exactly. And it really, really is a discipline though. But as you do it day after day after day, it becomes a habit. And, and I wrote that down earlier because I've been thinking about this. This, my creative process, and I think it is from what I'm hearing you say, it's a daily thing. We can't mm-hmm. help but create. That's the characteristic of our Father, our Heavenly Father. Right. He's the creator and, the, and that we get to reflect his image specifically as creators, um, not of our own world. Right, right? exactly. But, but what maybe he's speaking to us and, and working in us mm-hmm. that we get to share we're talking about really our create our creative process has become a spiritual discipline. It, yes, exactly. That that plays hand in hand for sure. <laughs> I when I get inspired, it's it's I'm reading the word, and I literally could just or I'm hearing someone teach the word, and I could seriously just be um, reading a proverb, like mm-hmm. so two lines of scripture, or technically one verse, or mm-hmm. maybe two verses. And then before you know it, it's like the floodgates of heaven, it clicks, the floodgates of heaven open. um, And even if I feel I need to be replenished through that process of writing that song, Mm -hmm. whether it goes much further or not or whatever, um, that is a spiritual discipline. That's how the Lord and I communicate with one another. So he fills me up. And then what I'm writing or singing or the music Mm -hmm. or chords I write or whatever um, that's my response to him. Mm-hmm. And also in response to myself and, and the ugliness in my yeah. heart, right, yeah. that he's refining. But um, going back to kind of vulnerability, you were talking about in the last episode that there was a time when you said years ago when you submitted a written composition, a written piece into some kind of contest. And and because I struggle with that vulnerability and sharing with people, um, it's almost like regardless of any affirmation I get, it's just, it's, I'm so hesitant and it's hard mm, despite yeah. being an extrovert. Did you ever feel like that vulnerability was, was difficult? Did it even feel like a vulnerability? Did that hold you back? Um, I think probably yes, because I have many things I've written that nobody else has ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do, I still currently write things that are intended between me and God. And I, I have what I call a thank journal, thank you journal. And I try to write in that every day before I begin writing anything else. I try wow. to, I think about the day before. Of course, my memory's not so good anymore. Sometimes I <laughs> That's why you got to write it down. But then struggle. But, but yeah, I try to think of the day before and where I saw God working, how I could thank him for what he had done the day before. And, and I try to do that before I start writing anything for anybody else. And that's just between me and him. Yeah. 
That's so good. And so you're kind of even alluding or talking about your, your creative process a bit. And uh, we were talking before we hit record about how you have these two different translations up in front of you and then you, you compare and you contrast. Right. What are those translations again? You... Uh, the one that I couldn't think of the name of is the Global Impact Bible and it's written by the Museum of the Bible Books. Uh, it's an ESV translation but it has several excerpts on almost every page of a quote from somebody that came from the Bible or the way that... Um, uh, different presidents pulled things out for inaugurations, or it touches on all sorts of topics from today's art um, to the creation of different um, ministries. Mm -hmm. uh, so it has a lot of, of really good stuff to help you relate to the world that we know. Yeah. And then the other one that I use most commonly is the CJB, which is the Christian Jew, or the, I'm sorry, the complete Jewish Bible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I do compare the two back and forth. If I find a word in, in my CJB that I'm not sure what it means, I'll either ask Google <laughs> <laughs> or I, I will also compare it with the, the Bible next to me to see what word they use and see if the two, if Google and and that Bible both come up with the same words because there are some words that there just isn't anything. It, it encompasses too many things to really define yes. the word. But, uh, yeah, I like to use the two together because I, I think it's really important to point to world events of people that we know and people. And it also goes back to, like, King Darius. And so it's not just about modern times but different things that that uh, have happened because of different di Bible uh, passages. Yeah, and I respect that, like you said, past to present and even linking past to the Bible with other times and eras in the past. And um, another thing, too, is a, a good reminder, especially in our Western society where we are at in the U.S., a reminder that the church is not a building. It's, right. it's about the body of Christ. Right. And it's it's this living organism, you know, collectively, and that it's global. Exactly. And at the same time, there's so many, there's similarities in Christ, or there's unity in Christ, and there's similarities amongst us, but there's also differences that are really holy, sacred, and beautiful that are practiced maybe more frequently or more thoroughly or a little differently in other areas of the world. Right. And so I appreciate whenever there's um, kind of just more of an awareness and not just a like a, a quick token of let's, you know, reflect for a moment on people in other parts of the world and other church bodies in the world. But like, let's 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 honor them let's let's really give them more than just a moment but let's connect and relate to one another and yes I, mm -hmm. i'll have to check out that translation i mean yeah, it'd be really interesting it is real interesting it's a nice thick book cuz they add lots of things to it <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is good stuff um, they do a lot of idioms that are used today that came from the bible and tell you where exactly it came from the bible and it touches on sports and yeah. on arts and a government, and yeah. I think there's like maybe eight different world topics that yeah. it, that it 
touches That's on. Really it's really, good. A, it's good information. And you said earlier too, com- so part of your creative process is, is getting up early, staying disciplined. Um, and sometimes the motivation th- that definitely is, is coming from serving the Lord and he's replenishing you, but also from other people who have affirmed, hey, we really want to receive your devotional. We look forward to when you send it out. Um and so that that helps your creative process right. of getting up in the morning. You got to have your cup of joe, I'm sure. Black coffee, <laughs> I have straight a pot. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> black, yeah. black and bold. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, and you and you sit at your desk. You have these two translations, and 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 you write and you post it on your website and send it out via Facebook Messenger and a page, you know, to some friends. And mm-hmm. um, I've enjoyed receiving those. And I appreciate that you can write in such a concise way. I would probably not be a very, very good at writing a devotional because I'm a rambler. <laughs> but, you know, so I need a couple minutes of a I song to do too. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I.E. this podcast right now. We, we're <laughs> exactly. doing it together. No, but um, one other thing is, you know, speaking to you were saying comparing translations and that's part of your creative process. You find that there there are words in certain languages that we can't fully express in English or in other right. languages. Like you don't get the full picture. It just picture. encompassed too much in yes. that one little word. In, in, and then our, our buddy and one of our pastors, Alexi, who's bilingual mm-hmm. um, in, in Spanish and English, just, I love hearing that from him too. He's like, well, in Spanish, this is what this translate is. And then in mm-hmm. English, and he's like, but the, the Hebrew word or the Latin word for this, and he's just talking more about that. And I think that's such an asset to the rest of us who, who aren't bilingual or who don't have the trans the translations you're I using think in so front of too, us. Because if you translate the words wrong, it can make a major difference in mm-hmm. your path. And, and people oftentimes like to take just little pieces out and um, a big one, like I just saw on Facebook on a friend's post, Mm. um, somebody came in and said something about about her judging. And, you know, uh, you're supposed to be a Christian and Christians don't judge. Well, no, that's not exactly true. There is just a way you're supposed to judge. You're supposed to judge spiritually. So saying Christians do not judge you, you didn't complete the passage. Mm-hmm. You know, if you finish reading the whole thing, you'll you'll find that you do it in a specific manner. You like you're d- saying, like with love and to use discernment. Is that what you mean? Um, or? Yeah, to you you judge people by their fruit. You and ah, right. and okay. and and you don't try to take the speck out of your brother's eye until you have taken the plank out of your Amen. own eye. Right. Yeah. So. You know, you have to be working on yourself before you can recognize any of these bad habits to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, you don't you don't walk up to somebody and judge them by the way they're living and the things that they're doing, because every one of us sin every day and there's no denying that. But we're supposed to judge with spiritual eyes. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is very clear that. In, in the next life, we will judge angels. So it's really just kind of training. You wow. just have to learn the proper way to judge. And it's not to condemn people. Mm-hmm. It's not to come at someone and say, you were doing this and you shouldn't do this and you should do this and that. But it, it's to help guide them, mm-hmm. to help lead them. Mm-hmm. We're supposed yeah. to 
um, lovingly and with compassion tell our brothers and sisters in Christ when we notice that they're, you know, something is, is wrong, but you don't do it in a, in a way that, you know, you say, oh, well, your, your sin is worse than, than somebody else's, or we're all sinners, and we have to put, point the finger back at ourselves first. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing, to yeah. remember you, when you are trying to talk to someone else, yeah have your faults and you are not perfect and yeah. and we try to help each other instead of hurt each other. And and like you said, spiritual eyes. So like um the word judge I think nowadays has such a negative connotation. Yeah, I think does. it comes from a place of shame. But there are people who are shaming people and try to guilt people. Oh yes. And many of are. them are Christians. Uh, yes. However, we know that God is the ultimate judge. Mm-hmm. Um and and so he is the the noun judge. And, yes. and so we're talking more so like the the the, the adverb or, or I'm sorry the verb to judge right, right. to draw a conclusion yeah. and and I think that takes discernment. We can't really you you do need to like judge the fruit and, and the Bible says that and I think just to clarify for listeners that um that w- to draw a conclusion on someone or something or a situation actually is wise when it's n- when it becomes the negative connotation. I right. think of the word judge is when we shame people, we exclude people, or we label them, we put them in a box, we we don't see them with spiritual eye- eyes or the eyes of, of of Jesus the way right. He sees people, and and so I think when people say Are, you're judging me, it's from a place of shame and and insecurity and, from and human, rejection. Human standards, right? Yes. They, they, yeah, that's looking down on someone and trying to make them feel less or yeah. or to raise yourself up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that is, brings yeah. on the other end, like you said, at the other end of the the pointing finger is mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, if you think you're self-righteous or prideful or, you know, so it's, it's definitely a balance that Jesus teaches us right. and refines in us. And I think there are ways to edify and exhort, so really challenge and encourage people in their walk. You know, we can't really judge people, basically, if they're not following Christ, of course, they're not going to live by standards no. in the Bible right. or, you know, but but like you said, to encourage other brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in a loving way. And I think I think you do that with your devotionals. It's and I it's think, you know, we us. need to we need to make those self judgments on on people as well, because, you know, the Bible says, don't throw your pearls before the pigs. Mm. And if you are trying to speak God's wisdom to somebody who is on a completely different mm-hmm. plane, then it can just get where it becomes garbage. Yeah. You know, it just, it's, it's, it's a mess. And... Right. Because they're not taking it the way that you're intending it. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, it just don't throw your pearls before the pigs. Yeah. So not that you go out looking for, oh, I got to stay away from you. I got to stay away from you. But if if things aren't going right in your life, look around you at the people that you hang with. Mm-hmm. You know, who is in your life? Are they headed the direction you want to go? Mm-hmm. And it's not to condemn them. But an iron sharpens iron kind right, of way, right? Right. And you're going to grow much quicker and stronger and be able to stand firmer when the people that you're associating with are going the same place you are or trying. They're seeking the same things you're seeking. And when it's God you're chasing, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big... Yeah. If somebody else isn't 
and and they're leading you into the party life at night and things like that. Well, there, you need to be able to judge those kind of situations and remove yourself from them to draw a conclusion to discern with right. wisdom. Right. Is this really true north? Is this where I'm supposed to be going, or is this and, a that, and that's a kind of judging that you know I say that we need to do. We mm-hmm. need we need to be aware. Yeah. We need to open our eyes and and be aware. And it's not to look at somebody and say, "Oh, yeah, I remember." <laughs> I remember years ago, uh, one of my girlfriends married an abusive man, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, "Well, at least I won't have to share heaven with him." Mm-hmm. And on his deathbed, he accepted Christ, and I wow. had to forgive him. Yeah, and say. Oh, well, I guess I will. <laughs> yeah. But so we can't judge in that manner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I have. Yes, we all <laughs> but, have, yeah. But that's not what the Bible says. But we do need to be able to discern, you know, what their fruit. what yes. Yeah. Do they have good intentions? Are they reaching for the goals that I'm reaching mm-hmm. for? Are they somebody who just wants to latch on and use me for something and yeah. You know, if, if we don't ever look around, we get swallowed up. 